Good morning. It's March 19th. Welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion of the book by the same name. Today's topic is The Devil Went Down to Georgia. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Jesus in John 17, 15. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James 1, 2. I was raised as a Presbyterian, but now have attended both an evangelical non-denominational church and an evangelical seminary over the last 18 years. Prior to the last two decades, I had never even heard the term the evil one, the common denominational designation being Satan or the devil. But far more important than the name by which the fallen angel is called, there seems to be some confusion about his role in our daily lives. It is impossible to switch on any form of media and not have the first word you see be coronavirus in recent days. There are those who tell me this pandemic is the work of the evil one. There are others who tell me it's punishment from God for mankind's own evil and disobedience. Recently, I spoke with a woman whose job was in jeopardy due to circumstances beyond her control. The stressors in her life were causing conflict with her spouse, and she was afraid it might even lead to divorce. On top of that, she has a son who was just sent to drug rehab for the fourth time and a daughter who was killed three years ago in a car wreck. She and her husband are both Christians, and she made the comment to me that the evil one seemed to be assaulting her on all sides. Is Satan the cause of her problems? Did the evil one cause this pandemic? I didn't say it exactly, but my thought was, maybe, but probably not. There seems to be what I believe to be a common misconception in the Christian community, and it actually may extend to other monotheistic communities as well. Many people feel that when things go horribly wrong in life, it is not due to the confluence of circumstances, and certainly not due to choices they have made personally, but instead due to supernatural interference by the evil one. Oddly enough, some believers who find themselves in almost identical circumstances are just as likely to blame God feeling that their tough times are either punishment or the discipline that the author of Hebrews promises, Hebrews 12, 4 through 11. There is no question Satan is the one that tempts us to sin in our reaction to hard times, but I think we give him perhaps too much credit when we place the creation of all life's difficulties at his feet. Conversely, there is no question that God may discipline as a loving father, but there are certainly theological complexities in how that might play out, and he will never tempt us to sin, but instead help us to resist temptation, 1 Corinthians 10.13 and James 1.13. I am much more inclined to take the big picture approach, looking first at the character of God. We know that God is loving, faithful, long-suffering, and slow to anger. We know he's chosen to forgive us of all our sins, past, present, and future if only we place our faith in his Son, thereby putting on his righteousness. Are we too quick to confuse God's provision with punishment or even the work of Satan? A pastor of ours recently pointed out that getting thrown overboard and swallowed by a great fish, as happened to Jonah, might certainly appear to Jonah as a bad thing, but it was that very circumstance in God's providence that both saved his life and eventually set him in the right direction. The prophet Jeremiah found himself at the bottom of a well in his old age, 
thrown there by the king's officers, but this cruel act allowed for his providential rescue and subsequent prophecy to the king, Jeremiah 38. The apostle Peter was imprisoned by Herod and awaiting death, but if not for his arrest, he couldn't have been providentially freed by the angel, a miracle that brought faith to many, Acts 12, 1-19. A similar miracle freed Paul and Silas from prison in Philippi after being beaten with rods. That providential arrest and miraculous release enabled Paul to lead the jailers, their families, and eventually hundreds of others to faith in Christ, Acts 16, 16-34. Really, really bad stuff can happen to us during our life on earth. As you've heard before, we live in a fallen world full of imperfect, sinful people who are often rotten to each other and even rotten to the planet itself. The devil's style is to draw you away from God. Scripture tells us he's a lion crouching at your door, waiting for an opportunity to take you down. 1 Peter 5, 8. He is a liar and the father of lies. John eight forty four. The devil went down to Georgia, remember? Did he want to fight Johnny to the death in that contest of skills? No, he bet Johnny a golden fiddle against his soul. The pandemic is a gleeful time for the evil one indeed, because he will cause people to act solely in a manner that they think is in their own best interest. He will sow panic. He will encourage you to hoard so others have nothing. He will intensify your fear of death and loss. But the devil is a liar. Believers know that God, despite seemingly hopeless, horrific circumstances, can work bad for good. Genesis 50:20. There have been unimaginably awful wars, enslavements, tortures, natural disasters, and every manner of calamity since the beginning of recorded history. But a big picture analysis reveals that overall, societal good can come out of such traumatic events. God wants you to trust him. Satan wants you to not. Christ tells us how to react to a pandemic. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Matthew ten twenty eight. You are commanded to love your neighbor. This is the time to pull together as one nation, as one world, and do whatever we can to help each other, not simply look out for ourselves. Those believers who actually perish in strife know that this life is but a moment in the eternity we are promised. The prophet Micah says, But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, when I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Micah 7, 7 through 8. King David says the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you have provided the Holy Spirit, and if we just allow him free reign, he will resist temptation through us, and the devil will indeed flee. Help us to see that no matter what our current predicament, you are faithful, and you will bring us through to better times and an abundant life, whether in this life or the next. The devil went down to Georgia, but he went away a loser. Amen. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind. He was willing to make a deal. 
he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot. And the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul, because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny, and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet you're going to regret, because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, you're awesome up your bow and play your fiddle hard, because hell's broke loose in Georgia. We'll see you tomorrow. And if you win, you'll get the shiny fiddle made of gold. But if you lose, the devil gets your soul.